Welcome, welcome to another episode of your new favorite sports show, Gas Presents Sports for the Culture. It is your host once again, your boy Bryce, XXV, double I. Follow me on Twitter and any other platform you can find me. Let's get to the panel. Top right, introduce yourself. What up, people? Square Flying, I know time Gas. Let's get into it. Let's get it, let's get it. Bottom left. Introduce yourself. It's your boy Dimelo Vagu. What's up, people? Toy aquí para la gente. Hey, 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 hey. Bottom right, bottom right. Let's get it. Introduce yourself. T Boogie, Twitter, IG, man. Same thing with me every week, man. Wash your hands, wash your ass. Let's go. Hey man, it's some strange times. Gotta stay clean. Hey, let's jump right into it, fellas. Everybody knows what the first topic is. So there's no need in uh, dancing around it, no pun intended. It's the last dance, the final episode. <laughs> uh, let's jump right into it, fellas. Initial thoughts, man. T, I'm going to throw it to you, man. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. It gave me that childhood I want to be like Mike feeling when it was all wrapped up. I mean, it didn't really get to the nitty gritty that I thought it would, but it felt magical. I, I finished the last episode, my son just staring intently, just not even talking. Six-year-old, just locked in. Uh, no better feeling, man. Mike, Mike's the greatest. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we can agree with that, man. Uh, Mike's the greatest. Mike is certainly the greatest. <laughs> what do you think about the, uh, the 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 finale of the last dance? I mean, I thought it was capped off just the way you know it should have been, and uh, I thought it was really good overall, honestly. And I think the time of everything, man. Right now, we all sitting at home, man, watching Mike, watching his greatness. You know, got me excited for basketball. Got me excited for sports. Got me. You know, got me really into it, man. That was that was a real touching documentary, really solid, and the timing for ESPN couldn't be even better. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Demelo Ragu, hey, man, see you got the Jays in the backdrop. How you feeling, man? Man, what Jordan made me realize, man, I need to be more cutthroat, yo. No friends out here when it comes to trying to get the trip <laughs> in the glory. Nah, no doubt. No doubt, man. You 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 can't let nothing get in the way of your goals. And Jordan definitely wasn't that that guy, man. I think uh, y'all know how I felt. I've been saying it from Jump Street. I think it's been a lot of peaches and, and cream with this documentary, man. We ain't get the dark side of Jordan. To me, this was like just the elevation of MJ. Not that he don't deserve it. I mean, this you know this is one of the all time greatest athletes in the history of sports. But what did you guys think of that? Did you guys think this was too too uh too peachy or did you guys think that this is how it should have been done if you're doing the mj documentary i think it was a good amount of peachy but also at the same time even with the amount of you know juice that they gave him you know what i'm saying even with a little bit of controversy you know what i'm saying they still try to paint him out to be slightly a bad guy but overall still a good overall message so i think they did it right you know what i'm saying they didn't get too crazy with it you know try try to bring my man down I think it was done tastefully, done well, and in terms of, you know, for a GOAT, I think it was done right. I, I can't agree with you more, man. They uh really made Jordan look human, and he, he's a sports guy, not just a basketball guy, he's a sports guy. They did a good job of making him look human. I could kind of tell that, you know, all the back and forth with the other players, the teammates, all the disputes, you know, with front office, like it, it wore on him. He wasn't just unfazed by it. He he did have emotions. He he did feel away. He just prioritized winning uh, even more. 
Um, it also, that documentary also let me know that we need a spinoff. We have to see Robin. I want to see NWO Robin. I want to see all the, all the highlights and the lowlights. I want to see what happened with Common Electra in Vegas. I want to see everything Dennis Robin. I thought they did a good job at showcasing Robin and Pippin as well. Man, I feel like we need a movie now. Mm -hmm. Like, those 10 episodes were great, but I know ESPN is trying to give us, like, what, uh, game six of the of his last final movie, which is the unseen footage or whatnot. But, yeah, it made me want more, more Jordan, more everything, more, like, yo, how did he gamble? What made him gamble? It's not just that he was a, one of the competitive edge against somebody. It made you want to, like, it made you realize, yo, if you ain't an asshole, then why do it? Why do it to be friends with anybody? Like, it made me realize, yo, to get to get somewhere in life, sometimes, man, that's why you when you work with a dickhead at work, part of my friends, it's just like, yo, you see why they do it now. Like, you made you realize, that's why that guy next to me at work is an asshole. He's trying to achieve something. And now you got to applaud it, man. Yeah. Look how many guys he stole rings from. Not even stole, like, like snatched baby from a candy. Like, yo, give me that. You're not taking none of it. Nah, that's facts, man. That's facts, man. Hey, shout out, shout out to my to our guy Rome, man. At young Rome twenty two, man. He just uh he just hits up saying he wants a Kobe documentary, man. Hey, we agree, Rome, and we'll see <laughs> you on the next episode, Brody. Hey, but hey, continuing with the Jordan uh, conversation, man. What do you guys think, like honestly, all honesty, about Jordan's competition? Because obviously, honest, obviously, uh, his competition was highlighted heavily in these last uh, two episodes, if it was the Knicks uh, down to the Pacers, especially in that Eastern Conference. I mean, you got to admit, LeBron James, who's, who Jordan is often compared to, has gotten a ton of criticism for the for the competition he's faced at times in, in route to finals. What did y'all think about Jordan's comp? You know, I'm, 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 I'm going to start with you, T. When you, when you think about those Pacer teams, when you think about those Knicks teams, how great do you think those teams were in relation to uh, to just NBA history? Patrick Ewing's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Charles Barkley's a Hall of Famer. Reggie Miller's a Hall of Famer. Carmelo and John Stockton, Hall of Famer. Top 50 players of all time. I mean, I don't even think we can have a competition debate. In fact, if it wasn't for Jordan, we'd know those guys. You see more, maybe not Carmelo and John Stockton, <laughs> no Utah guys, but we see more Reggie Miller jerseys. We see more Patrick Ewing jerseys. But uh, I, I, I think that era was tougher to play against. I think this era where all these guys join up and form these super teams, uh, this is the cake era. I mean, these guys got it good. That's just my opinion. I, I don't understand that at all, though, because like you named individuals, you named a whole bunch of individuals, but the, you but but you're talking about his super team era. But you know, if you're talking about who his competition was, yeah, those were some solid teams. But like literally, the super team era was created as a rebuttal to LeBron James and his in his caliber and his game. They created the super team era. They created a super team off a team that was already a legendary team. Added Kevin Durant so they could team up against against LeBron. Because y'all know what happened when, with the season before that. They had to go team up. So that's the thing, man. Like if if they was that that super team era is is, is tough to discount. I don't know if Jordan would have. Jordan might have missed a couple too in those same opportunities that LeBron had during that during that time during that run. He wouldn't have been flawless like like MJ is. Unfortunately, you know. That goes against the track record for 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 LeBron, but MJ six for six, you know. I'm saying the competition was bad, but he didn't go against a team as good as that Warriors team that LeBron did. You making a good point right there, Scrub. You making a good point. I mean, we talking about Steph, 
KD, Clay, Gerardo, what you think, man? Do those Warriors mm-hmm. teams stack up against the Pacers and the Knicks or those other times? Who, who's better? We're not even just talking about the word. I'm going to have to agree with Nick. I know it's odd for me to say this, but yeah, you're, talking about, you're talking about the uh, Golden State, right? It's not about to get, forget about the Spurs, Tim Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, like the come up of, of fucking uh, Kawhi Leonard and Green. And then let's not talk about, let's not forget about the the Celtics that, that I've run. The Celtics are pretty still decent when LeBron James uh, crewed up in Miami. Like, we can't forget about that. And then we talk about Michael Jordan. Yeah, he faced against duels against his – if you talk about Jordan, right, we're talking about Jordan, and then he had if, – if it wasn't Rodman, it was Grant, right, with him and Pimping. So now yeah. we're talking about Jordan already had the big three, and he was just going up against big twos. <laughs> if, you, if you think about it, right, Carl Malone and Stagnan, it was just those two in the Utah team. And then who, who, uh, Byron Russell, and then who, come who, on, man. Now, come on, man. Like, like who are you talking about? Grant. Look at what Grant did when he went to the Magic. When it was, it was Grant, and then it was O'Neal, and then it was Penny, if I'm not mistaken, right? And Nick Anderson. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Okay, and then when I, and then and then when Jordan comes back, and look what happened to Jordan. Jordan lost to that big three coming back. Yeah, he was coming back from playing baseball, but still he, he faced the big three. And then when it came for that big three, Miami for that Magic my, my Magic team to come back, Penny got hurt, and then Grant Grant got hurt, so like he didn't even face the big three when it came to the Magic. And we talking about LeBron. LeBron faced big threes. So I'm going to go with LeBron in this one. All right. All right, so look, so look. Let you, I, you, y'all see where we're going right now. We jumping into the GOAT debate. I mean, does these, does, does these the teams that they played have any effect on the GOAT debate is my question. Let's, 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 I want to throw a jump ball right now. Let's get it. No. I don't think yeah. it's team. I think, I think it's more like players, the players they face. Like, those guys motivated each other. Like Jordan said it himself. Like I'm not me without pimping, and 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 Jordan just needed one person, so that was make that one makes Jordan great compared to LeBron. LeBron is not LeBron without who? Without Wade? Without Bosh? Like there's a list of people. LeBron wouldn't be who he be, who he is without those individuals. When it comes to Jordan, it's just one person. We're talking about pimping. That's it. All six of those finals was just one guy, and and a coach. So with that, with that said, like, I'll say Drop that team. Jordan. Nah, this is blasphemy. I don't, I don't care what super team is going on. I don't care if you call it a, a, a duo. He was playing against one guy. I mean, it's patently untrue. But at the end of the day, six times, no game sevens, six in a row. I mean, I, I don't really care. I don't care if he played a, a WNBA team. He got it done. Nobody else could win when he was on. LeBron can't say that. Kobe can't say that. Uh, any other goat you want to name in any other sport except Mayweather. When he was on, when he was doing his thing, nobody else ate. That's a you fact. Can, you you can debate the rest all you want. That's a fact. So 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 Scrub, do you how do you feel, Scrub? Do you think the competition matters? Do you think that the fact that some may say LeBron has faced competition better competition, some may say the same for Jordan, but do you think that should even matter when you're talking about the greatest, or does it just matter how much you won at the end of the day? 
it should matter. I mean, you got to think about what you're going up against. Like, you have to scale anything, just like you have to talk about when you're talking about guys from different eras. Um, again, like LeBron's era is a little bit different, and you know, not in. But when it comes to the ultimate in the debate, I'm not saying LeBron is better than Jordan, but I think LeBron gets a lot of slack uh, for 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 you know not having the record in the finals with that amount of finals appearances and not the amount of rings. And I, that, that to me is unfair. And that's, that's really the biggest thing. Mike, Mike's competition was solid, but I'm just saying, man, that war it's not was, a, was it's not unfair because Mike was down in the clutch, man. LeBron, if he had Mike's clutch gene, we wouldn't be having this conversation problem. If he could get it done. I mean, it wasn't even what, eight finals. Come on, man. It's no way Jordan goes to eight and doesn't win seven. Doesn't win eight, probably. Like you also got to take into account that he got into those finals. It doesn't it doesn't discount him to, for you to get there. If you if you miss if you miss and you you know first round second round exits whatever, LeBron got to the finals way ahead of his way ahead of his curve way ahead of his window. When he made it to the finals, he wasn't even he wasn't even really really arrived yet. Like the craziest is just to say that a kid that young could take his team to the finals, but he wasn't even close to the player that he is and has become. Um, so like, you know, he was in there way ahead of his game and will just team to the finals with literally nothing. And, you know, that was it doesn't it doesn't discount to me. It doesn't discount him, um, you know, missing the rings, you know, in terms of, you know, finals appearances, because I think ultimately he's going to have a longer career than Mike. And that's going to also factor into the debate as well. I think mean, you're going to start arguing, you know, who was better in their prime, because uh, ultimately Le- LeBron might play, you know, much longer career than Jordan. And, and that could ultimately even things out. Um, but you know, it's all. Hey, bro, I think I think you make a great point with that, man. And I, I kind of want to bring this in the conversation into that. What do you guys think about LeBron? Like, for example, we all agree that MJ is the goat, right? I think everybody here agrees that. But can LeBron still catch him? Is there anything LeBron can do to catch him? For example, we parade MJ six straight. So obviously, if LeBron was to run off six straight right now. Is he the goat? What do you got, in your opinion, what could LeBron do to eclipse Jordan? Uh, Gerardo, let's start with you, man. You're going to have the three-peat in Lakerland and La La Land and win finals MVP all three times. All right, T, T, do you think it's possible? Anyway. With you? No, it's not, it's, that's, that's not a possibility. Um, I don't know what he could do. In, in my mind, I don't think there's much he can do, especially at his age. Uh, maybe he'll surprise me, maybe he won't. But, uh, yeah, I don't think it's – anything he can do. Um, and w- one of my points is Jordan, there was no debate about who was number one in the league. Jordan never had a debate when he played. He was the guy. Uh, we've always debated whether it's been uh, Giannis or LeBron, uh, Kobe or LeBron. I mean, that should let alone tell you right there that uh, it's no really, it's no real debate. It's one guy dominated his era and another guy played at a high level in his era. Disagree. Uh, I, not, not that I was like even alive in that time, but like Magic Johnson and them and those guys, like even though you no know, Jordan would, everybody knew Jordan had clear talent, but there's a lot that have clear talent, put up big numbers, but don't win in the playoffs. And that's the, the narrative. And that was the talk around Jordan when he first came, when he first came in the league and he was really good putting up big numbers. Oh, he just, you're just that guy putting up numbers on a bad team or a team that can't really get there. Oh, you don't have the class or the, the you know, the true leadership and winning style the magic and larry bird that was the knock on mike obviously he he outgrew that narrative but you know he wasn't like that early on i don't understand this generation that's not a knock on westbrook that's not a knock on harden 
These guys don't get it done in the playoffs. They, they put up a ton of numbers. But how is that a knock on MJ? It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be a knock on MJ, but people knocking LeBron, so the knocks have to be evenly distributed. I, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about goats here. Like, you know what I'm saying? I can't have a tilted goat. You know, it's, it's got to be – because honestly, I, I, I we're talking about the goat conversation. I think I think I think I think MJ is the goat, you know. But I think LeBron still has the opportunity to to be the to be there and to eclipse uh, what he what would it would take. I think to be honest, I personally I don't think it'd be it would be enough for everybody. But I think two two chips and and LA does it for me, and I think he's on the same level as Jordan. Um, and a two P or th- or just two one and then no and then one. It doesn't matter when he gets them. Just give him, give me two. If he'll be here. That'll give him five. And to me, like you know, that, that's not six. Six would would be enough. Then you'd say, okay, he has six two, and then everybody can really you know stop. But you know, I think you know if you get seven, then what can you really say? If he got seven, then I think undisputedly you can't you can't you can't touch him. I don't think he's gonna get four more. I think that would be ridiculous. If he did, then he's the goat. There's no question. Maybe I'm a hater. I'm still disputing. I'm looking at these shoes right here. We got a guy that played with the flu pizza, the food poisoning, whatever you want to call it, right? The bad <laughs> pizza, got a, the bad pizza. We got, we got a guy that let cramps uh, disable him. I mean, it, I think it's two guys. I think Jordan's one. I think uh, LeBron's in that two to three range. I hear that. I hear that. I, and I, you know now, go ahead, G. I, I, my thing is, like, I don't think LeBron has yet to eclipse Kobe yet, in my mind. I hear that, and that's another. That's a whole another conversation that we'll definitely get into. We'll definitely get into in the in, in the future, man. No doubt. I think that LeBron, because his career is still active, he does have a chance to eclipse Jordan. I mean, I don't think it's easily. It won't be done easily. I mean, it's not well within reach, but it's possible. And if and if anybody can do it, I think LeBron would be the one. Uh, I'm not counting against him. I'm not counting on him to do it. But I think it would definitely have to be three more championships. I think it definitely has to be at least six chips before we can start entering into that conversation. How he does it, I'm really not concerned with. But if he gets three more, it's, it, it, it really, it really, the conversation you have to really start looking at small, small things because you can't just throw Jordan got six in anybody's face anymore. But it's, it's an interesting conversation. I'm sure it's one. We'll probably come back to a lot in the future, man. Yeah, that's, yeah, I respect six. I, I respect six. Was I think he's got an opportunity to make a run. People, people, people may not see it. I know he's only he's thirty five years old, but I think he has the opportunity right now. The way the league is stacked currently to make a run, he could make a two three championship run, or in the next before he hits forty, he could just, he could get a couple more. Hey, look, hey, people like T gonna say he got five in a, in a Corona chip. <laughs> They're not gonna count as Corona. <laughs> Man, I'm not counting. If you win this year, I'm not counting. You're not counting the Corona chip? Bro. No, man. No COVID trophies. Get out of here. Yeah, man. Well, keeping it pushing, man. You know, there was there was some there was some other big things that happened. This time it wasn't in the world of sports per se, but in the world of music. And we had another battle of two greats, two uh two legends, if you ask me, that really helped shape the anybody's childhood or anybody's young adulthood that they were born in the uh, early 90s or, 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 or late 80s, man. And I'm talking about Luda and I'm talking about Nelly. One of the best battles so far in this Versus series they've been putting out, man. So let's jump into it, man. What did you guys think about the battle? 
who you guys think won. Uh, Gerardo, let's start with you, bro. Uh, ludicrous, man. Throw them bows always made me want to fight somebody, man, coming out of school. Playing that, <laughs> joint, playing that joint down the hallway and shit. You know, I mean, I, I like Nelly a little bit going in train when he played Air Force One. Brought nostalgia back to that era when everybody had a pair of Air Forces, every kind of flavors. But then when he started playing his unheard release music, I was like, oh, bro, what is this? Like, the greatest thing about Nutley was, like, tip drill. After that, in my mind, where he was just like, yo, you stayed up late at night trying to watch uh, BET Uncut. <laughs> but I had to still get at Tonelli, uh, to Ludacris, man. Yeah, no, man I, a- I feel that. I feel that. Now, Luda definitely did his thing, man. T, what do you think, bro? Hey, man, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I called this. I said Luda all the way from the, from the jump. Uh, Nelly lost before it even started, man. The, the, the janky Wi-Fi, like the, the Boost Mobile, like what what was going on, man? Half the time, mm-hmm. Nelly was stuck in the camera like this. <laughs> that's that's how <laughs> on my end. I mean, so but uh, both both timeless artists, right? Both got bangers. Both uh, legends of that BT uncut, man. Legends. But uh, Nelly ain't have no punching power for Luda. Luda got anthem after anthem after anthem. I'm, I'm not even a Luda fan, but I respect the greatness. I respect what he did for the culture. And Nelly did a lot for the culture, too. He put St. Louis on the map. I, I had no idea that they rapped in St. Louis. And uh, got to respect them both. You know, shout out to both of them for putting together a good show. Uh, but Luda, man. And Nelly plays, like 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 G said, man, Nelly plays some tracks that I don't think they was old. I think he was trying to debut some new stuff and sneak it in on us like we was going to like it. Nah, bro. Yeah, I, I think you, I think you bring up a good point, man. Luda, Luda definitely had anthem at the anthem, and one thing that was becoming clear to me as it was going, you know, I think that uh, it's clear, man, that Luda got more hits than Nelly, man. Luda got more hits, more bangers than, than Nelly got. But what was what I thought after watching the battle was that Nelly's top bangers bang a little bit harder than Luda's. I'm talking about hot in here, Air Force Ones. Uh, Ride with me, like those songs is like those songs are like tip drill, you know, tip drill, you know, some generational songs. And I feel like although Luda got more hits, I think Nelly's bangers bang a little bit harder. Scruffle, what do you think, bro? Hey, honestly, you know, when you're talking about a versus, we got to talk about format, you know, and I think this format ultimately failed Nelly terribly because it was a 20, it was a 20, 20 track, 20 track you know, verse 20 tracks. And that's built, that's a that's a format built for Ludacris. A guy that was pumping out albums year after year after year after year. And he had he had, he had, he had, a, he had a hit or two on each album. He was certain, you know, he was he was doing those. Whereas, you know, Nelly had a couple really quality, you know, he, he had his thing, you know, as an artist, he don't got to pump out, you know, a million in one album. You know, that's Frank Ocean. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes less is more. And, you know, for this particular verses, 20 tracks man luda was built for it you know and unfortunately nelly was reaching and i think nelly's a competitive guy he tried to figure it out at the end try to put it together you know what i'm saying try to pull a couple tracks and let me throw biggie in here i thought that was a nice little little strategic move but trying to make a trying to make a strategic coaching decision but uh not, no disrespect to nelly because i think he had a certain amount of game that he brought you know what i'm saying to me you know longevity for for luda and consistency year in year and out you know he's like the vince carter of the game you know what i'm saying Whereas Nelly, you know, Nelly had his run. He's putting up big numbers, crazy numbers, diamond numbers. 
you know, kind of like his cousin, cousin T Mac. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> respect to both of them, but you know this this format, if it, 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 it favored ludicrous. Now, that's a good that's a good sports parallel. Looks like we looks like we kind of in agreement over here, fellas. Oh, that's a no, nah, that's a real good point, man. Like, if I'm out, I'd rather hear Nelly, man. I don't really want to hear the. Uh, Cadillac grills, you know. I, you know, I want to hear drop down and get your eagle little girl. I want to hear all that, all hey, that stuff, man. Yeah. And uh, but what what it did make me remember, man, because I grew up in that era. Uh, Luda really put on for South as a lyricist. It's, it's, and that's at a time where there was a big debate over New York rap and down South rap, and people really weren't respecting the down South rap. It was hard to get played uh, on New York radio if you were a Southern artist. And uh, Luda on that. Uh, Made you look remix. He went crazy. Facts. He Facts. went crazy. Yeah, the remixes was another element. That was a whole other layer to it that I wasn't even thinking about. Yes, I forgot he had he laid down the tracks. He was representing at a time when when the South was really you know starting to take take over. He was the main person representing the South and representing. Okay, yeah, us you know South rappers can can rap you know just like East Coast uh, New York rappers. And he was coming with the heat just to let people know. And you felt that. On yeah, that, uh, and, and then Nelly played his verse on uh Rock the Mic, and I said, Oh man, I didn't even know he was on that. Yeah, me, but man, throw it away. Man. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I think yo, <laughs> Nelly, Nelly did try to do too, a little too much, man. Nelly did a I'm little too much for Nelly, man. 20, but my guy was enjoying it the whole time. He was up, he was he gave a lot of energy, man. <laughs> a good showman. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Nelly missed in the gym, you heard? I was done, bro. That's okay, the best loss I've seen somebody taking a while, man. So, uh, all right, so let's, let's just get everybody's uh, winner, man. Uh, Gerardo, Nelly Aluda. Georgia. Georgia, <laughs> I'm about to go Aluda on that one, man. T, Nelly Aluda. Man, Aluda in the last slide. <laughs> Scrub. Yeah, I mean, all due respect, it wasn't even close, Aluda. Uh, your man got your man got four old man. Hey Nelly though, your bangers <laughs> been a little bit harder, bro. I'm 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 gonna still I'm gonna still say that. Like Scruff said, that four. You gotta bring back the band aids. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Hey man. Hold up. Hold, hold, hold up. Before we move on, what do y'all want to see next? Because these verses kind of been getting me through the quarantine. Hey, bro, you ain't lying, bro. Is there a matchup that y'all would want to see? Let's see. DMX and, uh, I want to see DMX and Jay-Z. No way. No, bro, that, I think people, yeah, that's, that, I would watch it. Jay would win, but I think DMX No way, hell no. DMX would be closer than people would think, though. I promise. Of course he would win. What? DMX got hits, bro. DMX got hits. Jay Z. Exactly. I didn't say he would win, yes. bro. It would be closer than people would expect. Come on, man. Get a man some credit. Jay Z. Jay Z would never. He would never. He would never go head to head with DMX. Rockefeller. Exactly. Who, who could Hove even go head to head with though? He wouldn't Drake. go head to head with anyone. But Nas. Nice. And I don't think even think he would do that. I, I yo Wayne versus Drake would be lit though. Wayne versus Drake would be lit. That would be fun. That would Wayne be fun. Wayne would get that man though. Yeah, Wayne, Wayne's got crazy, crazy amount of stuff. Wayne will get that bad, bro. Wayne could get anybody. Uh, I don't know. Wayne gonna get that. That would be great. That would be actually. That's actually a good one. That's a good one. Even though they're from different like, eras me, in a way. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So y'all telling me Jay Body DMX and Money Cash Hole? No, 
Nah, I would never say that, bro. I would never say no. that. That's what but if we're going track to track, I mean, after like party up, like. I mean, X got songs. X is one of my favorite rappers, but uh, got songs, bro. You bro, can't I, throw a name like Hov out there. Why not? They can come up in the same era. Twenty tracks. It's not freestyling together on a beat or acapella. It's twenty tracks, and Hov Hov's top twenty is just ridiculous, man. Hov's top twenty is crazy, bro. Oh, I like to see. You can you know, you know, you know, like like Told him against Nas would beat a lot of people's top twenty. Huh? I'm seeing I'm seeing Roman in the comments. He makes a good point. I'd like to see some female rappers. I think I think a name that I'd like to see out there is Missy Elliott. Although I don't know who will be the proper opponent, but Missy Elliott is a name I like. To see. Nah, Missy. I don't know who. I don't know if anyone can mess with Missy. Nikki. It might have Nikki. to be a guy. Missy versus Nikki, man. Yeah, yeah sleep, Missy, man. Gonna, Missy gonna watch. Missy gonna watch Nikki. You know how many tracks Nikki got, man? How many records she? That no, it'll be closer than you think. That's a close battle. Missy got anthems or Missy got the change the world, man. I'm not saying Nikki Nikki had an imprint, but Missy Elliott, bro. I don't know. It's 20 songs. That's true. That's true. That's true. 20 songs. That's, the, that's why the format's so lit, man. The format <laughs> like you know who I want to see, man, for the culture, uh, just for that era. I'd want to see Cameron versus 50 Cent, a G Unit versus Dipset situation. Oh, that would be tough. Play any, are we play putting any mixtapes? We are, we're putting mixtapes? Yeah, play any anything that came out under Diplomats, anything that came out under G-Unit. That would be great. But just That's victory tough. by Lloyd Banks wins everything. Straight up. Victory, <laughs> Lloyd Banks versus on victory, ain't nothing to touch in that. That's already, that's, that's G-Unit. I'm sorry. That's going to be a good one. I would probably get a nod to G-Unit, but... That was, gonna, that was gonna come down to 18, 19, 20. <laughs> yeah, rounds, boy. It depends what you're talking about, man. If you're talking about the full dip set, that's pretty deep, man. Mm -hmm. that's pretty deep. That's, pretty that's deep. what I'm saying. Jim Jones and, and Jewels had bigger solo careers than Buck and Banks. Banks killed the mixtape circuit. They all killed the mixtape circuit. That was a mixtape era. Uh, we're talking about Co Corner, Co Corner One, Co Corner Two. We're talking about more money in the banks. We're talking about V5. Bro, I got mixtapes on mixtape with banks. I'm a big bank fan. Nick could tell you that. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 loves, he loves some Lloyd Banks, man. That's a good opportunity. For, this, is, this is a great opportunity for him to, to bring it back because, you know, need a little buzz right now. It's a good time, man. These old dudes getting some streams, getting some love off this shit. I ain't going to lie. I've been bumping. I've been, after these verses, all these artists is getting some love, man. They're bringing back the vibes and nostalgic vibes. Got me back going back, downloading old Ludacris albums. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you gotta hey, I want, I want, I want another. Uh, I want, I want a real down south battle, man. I want, I want South versus South. Oh, I want region versus region. You know, give me South versus New York. You know, that's what they should do for the next one. Because I feel like every battle's kind of had a little theme. You know, the Nelly versus Luda. It was kind of in that same thing. Lauren, uh, I mean, I, I'm sorry, uh, Erica Badu and uh, Jill Scott. It was almost like Erica Badu passed the torch to Jill Scott, kind of, you know. So that was kind of that thing. Then with Neo and my dude, uh, and my dude, what's my uh, Austin? Their, their 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 relationship was like you had the guy that you know that writes songs, but you also know him. Then the guy that's behind the scenes that only writes songs, you don't really know his face. 
So that they had that dynamic. I feel like everyone low key had his little his little theme. Yo, East versus West, or you know, a little South versus. Hey, I, in that vein, I'm gonna throw one out there. Right, it's three artists, three artists. I know they only been doing one on one, but three artists for for King of Trap, Jeezy, Gucci, and Ti. Ooh, yeah, that would be crazy, bro. Ooh. That would be crazy. Jeezy, Ti would be a good one. Sure. Who yeah. would y'all take out of those? Who would y'all take out of those three? King of Trap. I'm taking. I'm taking. Mm. I'm taking. taking but it's hard for me to not go with Gucci. It's only one. I'm taking Gucci. <laughs> Gucci Bird. Guwap. Gucci <laughs> Man. Guwap. Yeah. Everybody know it's only Remember, one. And I love it. And I love Jeezy. I love. He was the original first day out. Yeah, he was. He was. First he really won battle on the low, but. Hey, look, twenty songs. First day out, gotta go first. And once he played that, it's over, man. So, over <laughs> my eyes, bro. Hell yeah, man. I don't know, man. It just don't be giving me life, though. It's been giving me life, man. Honestly, I, I live for these type of moments, for the culture. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate the verses, man. They're giving, giving us life during these quarantine times, man. You know, so I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. But, All right. Shout out to Swiss. Shout out to Timbo. Hey, man. We, we got to keep we gotta keep the verses train going. So, I, I definitely... I'm excited to see what they pull out next, man. We're gonna bring it back to sports. We're gonna bring it back to the NFL. Cause it's, it's some 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 funny business going on in the NFL. It's been going on for a long time, really. But um what I'm talking about is this so-called Rooney rule. So those of you that may not know what the Rooney rule is, just not that well informed on it, I'll tell you what it's about. It's basically a affirmative action plan in the NFL. Um essentially every team has to interview a African-American candidate for coach. The goal obviously was to get more black coaches and GMs. Obviously we've seen a string of coaches not getting hired more or less. We've seen a decline in the number of hires since that time. It seems like maybe a systematic issue. The NFL had a big discussion today to try to figure out what's the solution. Uh, ultimately, they had some suggestions on the board, possible draft pick compensation, trying to figure out a way to fix this thing. Ultimately, they decided to table the discussions, putting it off for now. Uh, NFL trying to figure out a solution. I, I, my question is, how does the NFL fix this problem? Is there a solution? T, I'm going to start with you. I think, uh, you know, the NFL trying to institute this whole draft pick situation, which I believe was tabled, but uh, I appreciate that they created the discussion, right? We wouldn't be having this conversation if they didn't propose it at least, right? And I think they proposed it knowing that it would get tabled and knowing that it would generate conversation and raise awareness. And like you said, there's a huge issue going on right now. There's, what, four minority head coaches? Redskins have one of them, which is surprising, uh, and and two minority GMs uh, and a 70% African-American league. It, it just doesn't make sense. The numbers don't, you know, mathematically, something has to give. Uh, I think it would make perfect sense to force guys to at least uh, have to hire. Because check it out. If you draft, a, uh, if you grab a coach, right, a minority coach, because you have to, good or bad, f- f- you know, you, you got him. If he loses, that draft pick doesn't matter. If, if he really can't coach, that draft pick does not matter at all. If he really can coach, then congratulations. It opens up the door for everybody else to say, you know, maybe we've, we've been thinking about this all wrong. Uh, this is a league where it's not just an issue at, at the top level. We see a trickle down the quarterbacks. Why doesn't Cam Newton have a job? Uh, we, we saw them do 
everything for uh, Tebow to try to make this guy a quarterback and try to make him play. They made Terrell Pryor move the receiver. Uh, they wouldn't let Kaepernick back in the league. So uh, the NFL has a long way to go. I thought it was a step in the right direction to just even propose it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I see what you mean there, man. I, I think that, I think that in the NFL, I'm not going to say they tried, they didn't try to do the right thing with this. I'm not going to tell you they didn't try to make an attempt with what they attempted to do. If you guys, you know, you guys know about the third round pick compensation, stuff like that, and increasing the third round pick compensation. But I think they kind of, kind of go, went about it wrong a little bit, right? Because I feel like uh, when you, when you reward a team for doing something like hiring a black coach, uh, you're trying to admit that you have a problem without outright admitting that you had a problem. You remember when you were a kid and you didn't want to do something, let's say it was eat your vegetables, right? And your mom would say something like, well, hey, uh, maybe if you eat your vegetables, you'll get this. I'll give you this if you eat your vegetables, right? You still hated eating those vegetables. You know what I mean? Like if it was like, hey, do this, clean your room before you can have fun. You still hated every moment of cleaning your room, although you went and did it. It's like now you just had to associate that with the the boredom of your life, the worst thing, you know, the worst thing at that moment of your life. And I feel like low key what the NFL is doing is is is, is telling telling these coaches, these upcoming coaches, that it's is a problem to be black, you know. And what we have to do since you have this problem is we have to give these teams a better draft pick just for them to take you. And I feel like the better message would be to start to shame these organizations that haven't done it yet, these organizations that have track records of not doing it, let's start shaming them. Let's, if the NFL is serious, admit that you have a problem and tell us which teams have been doing it. And once we do that, then you'll get these social justice cries. You know, Then you'll get these outrages. Then people will be able to directly point a finger. But it starts with shame. you got to shame these owners into some things. Uh, you've seen it in other sports. You know, They shamed, they shamed you know, Donald Sterling, something heinous happened. They shamed him out of his job once that happened, right? Put this on it. Put this. Put this type of stuff on that same scale and give it that same ridicule, and maybe we'll see some real action. I think this is like a big dilemma in all social in all sports. The NBA only has eight black coaches. You're talking about a league that's predominantly black. You're talking about the NFL, where only three black coaches that is minority. I mean, I'm a Giants fan. Don't let the Andrew Luck jersey fool you guys. But like the last time that Giants had anybody in the head office. As a black GM was Jerry was I believe Jerry yeah for the Giants the GM, and like he took us to two Super Bowls. He constructed that those Eli Manning teams in that defense. That that was the coach was a white man was Coughlin. I mean, giving giving these teams a better third round pick for what? Like if no one's hiring, and you think a third round pick is gonna do anything to justify this to make an attempt of hiring anybody? No. What they need to say, players need to stand up for these coaches. Someone needs to go out there and be like, yeah, we need more black coaches. We need more diversity in this in these in these head offices for to make a move. Because if if the players don't speak up, then owners really don't care. Look look how the owners stood up when Kaepernick went through in this March. You know, and the, like the players, you had owners started listening. Like, okay. Let's see, we could, instead of doing the Kaepernick way, let's do it our way now. Like, players need to come up and speak to, to ha- get a handle on this problem. You make a good point. Definitely make a good point. I don't know if it should be the players that should be coming up and speaking. And I, I, and, and my question, 
and it's gonna eventually, you know, spin back. And I'm gonna ask y'all, but I think it's systematically in the NFL, we're talking about a system that I think it's a reflection upon the ownership and it's a reflection upon the culture, deep rooted culture within the NFL. You know, with these That's owners, it's very comfortable for you to and 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 we're not in the you know position when you're hiring and making these decisions. You want to go with the coach. You know, these guys are already identifying candidates. They want to. They want to work necessarily. You know, it is what it is. Call spade a spade. They want to work with folks that that look like them. They understand more or less. You know, if there's more minority owners, I think you would see more minority choices within the staff. You know, GMs, um, more black coaches. I think you know it's it's really a shame. You know, I, there's guys like without a doubt, shadow in my mind. Uh, I want to sh- highlight a certain guy, Eric Bieniemy. I, I, I don't, I'm, personally, I think if he was the head coach this year, I think he'd be in the better half of coaches in the NFL this year. And the fact that he's not a head coach is, is clearly, um, you know, it's clearly a, a, you know, proof that, you know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of organizations too. If you look at their history and, and Bryce made the point, you know, you look at their history, they've, they've, all they've done is hire, hire, uh, you know, white coaches. You know, you know, like are you telling me Eric Bieniemy is not a better coach than Joe Judge? Like, come on. <laughs> Look, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. Hey, 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 hey! Give my man a break. My man still hasn't even started the season. All right, give me a break. That's, and, and, that's, and, that's, break. and that's kind of the point, right? That's kind of the point. Every time we get a, a white coach up there, it's, uh, give him a break. I see what he does. A black coach, uh, this guy can't get it done. Uh, just looking, look at the Lions. Uh, j- ironically is the only team that's been fine for the Rooney rule. You're trying to tell me that Matt Patricia gets to go nine, 22 and one and Jim Caldwell's fired after two, nine to seven seasons. I mean, you can explain that a lot of ways, but pure numbers game. If, if winning is the business, you're not telling me uh, 18 wins is uh, not greater than nine wins with Matt Patricia in two seasons. Um, I got a question thing. though. Yes, sir. All right, so do you think that the teams, they go back and look at all the black coaches, track records, and they just be like, well, none of these guys are winning. Why should we even hire a black coach? Let's not just stick to the same formula. Why head coach? No, I don't, I don't think it's always that straightforward. I don't think racism is always that straightforward. And uh, like Scruff was saying with the ownership, sometimes it's just an issue of, you know, comfort. You're, you're comfortable around who you look like, who you uh, relate to. Right. A lot of these black guys, the NFL makes more black billionaires than any other business in the world. Um, And a lot of these guys come from underprivileged backgrounds. These billionaires are old money for the most part. And honestly, I don't see any other way to challenge the the ownership because that that's what has to change. Right. The ownership is kind of like it's kind of like a microcosm what's going on in society. You got a nation built on minorities and then the people at the top, uh, the white people basically saying, all right, these, these guys are the issues. The same minorities that built this situation are the issues. The players are doing all the work. Players are making all the money. Owners are reaping all the benefits. And uh, I think the draft picks was a perfect way to challenge them. Hey, because if we hire that black coach and my team is winning, then maybe that ownership's fan base complains. Like, if we stop hiring uh, Matt Rules and these hot shot rookie coaches from uh, college that come in and get smashed every year, uh, maybe we should give a offensive coordinator in in Kansas City that's proven he can get it done. Maybe we give him a shot. That's a that's a good point, man. That's a good point. It's almost unbelievable that uh that Eric Bieniemy didn't get his shot, man. Because uh, 
you're talking about this guy's heading probably the best offense we've seen in what since Peyton, since Peyton and the Broncos. I mean, and that's that's unbelievable, man. I mean, like that's tough. And I, I'm pretty sure if he was uh if his name was uh you know Shanahan, McVay. McVay, uh what else? Insert name here. Something, yeah, he would he would be he would be up there. Gruden. <laughs> I mean, hey, Alski. Anything ending in Alski? It's a fact. Insert hey. It's a fact. It's a big fact. Keeping it pushing, though. Keeping it pushing, man. Hey, we about to intro a new segment for you guys today. It's called the gas playlist segment. What are you listening to? In this segment, we will all give a few songs we think you guys should check out, things that we riding to, things that we working out to, things that we listening to while we going throughout our days. So I'll kick it off today. Uh, I kind of I got my songs in tears, right? I got, I got something to ride to, something to vibe to, and something to get my mind right. So uh, my something to ride to is uh, Future. Future got his new... His new album out. You haven't checked it out, man. Check it out. You know it's like a holiday when Future drops. Uh, but uh, Riding Strikers, man. That's that's my first track. Future Riding Strikers. Uh, passing it right down to UT. Okay. So I kind of got my other tears too, man. I got a banger. You know what I'm saying? Something that just it's just a great song. And I got a, a song that's uh, you said three songs, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. All right. And I got songs for the young generation, so we can relate to them a little bit. You know, I try to. You know, dabble in that a little bit. And then I got a trap song, man. A song where, you know, people that come from where I come from can relate to. So uh, first up, I got uh, Party Next Door, the Party Mobile album. Uh, believe me, PND uh, Riri. Timeless, timeless joint right there. Uh, Lil Uzi Vert from Eternal Take. I got Venetia. Uh, I like everything that Uzi does. And uh, the third one is a, a lesser known artist. Uh, I, I Ran across and listening to Starlito and Don Tripp. If you don't know who those guys are, uh, basically underground, undergroundish rappers coming out of Memphis. But uh, Trapper Man Dale, he's like their protege. You know, he he he's next up in line behind those guys. He has a song called "Taking My Lick." Uh, true, true trap artist off his a uh, Dale Chapo album. Check check all three of those out if you haven't heard. Of them. Lit 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 lit. Passing it around, Gerardo. What you got for us, man? I don't know if you guys ever listened to Griselda, but Westside Guns just dropped an album not too long ago, Pray for Paris. That's, I'm, I'm fucking with the Griselda boys. Shout out to the Buffalo guys. And uh, my one solo album that I'll be working out to as of right now, it'll be, what is it, Commercial? By uh, Uzi Vert and uh, Baby, Little Baby. And then you got uh, then you got Future, man. Got to listen to that album right now, man. Gotta gotta marinate in all that detox and all that toxic. Trying to be the most toxic guy I could be out here. Right. I feel it. I feel it. Now that people is cranking, man. Hey, throwing it to you, Scruff. What you throwing on the playlist, bro? All right, all right. So I mean, I kind of got these joints in 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 you know kind of different vibes in a sense. So I've been uh I've been messing with the with the Erica Badu vibes uh off of the uh off of one of her early albums. I'm I'm talking about the uh. Didn't you know that jump? Okay. I'm fucking Classic. with the uh, Deeper Than Rap album, Rick Ross. I'm I'm, I'm throwing it back. Uh, I'm throwing it back a little bit. I'm, okay. I'm on some different uh. vibes. Different vibes during the quarantine. I'm bringing it back. Uh, a particular song off of there 
that really had me hitting was the Yacht Club. Hey, classic, bro. Classic. Yacht Club. Somebody was talking about a yacht party out 2021 out in Croatia. Gas going to have a yacht out there. Yacht Club, baby. Yacht will be on site. Smoking a cigar like Mike. And matter of fact, we're going to do a live we're gonna do a live show from the gas yacht just to let the people know that it's real. Anybody that's doubting, <laughs> heck yeah. Heck hey, disclaimer: hey, we're I not jumping on bridges they rolls. Last I, but not least, future. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do one future track in there as well. I'm, I'm going with. Uh, I'm going with the joint with Dirk. Last name. I think that was one of the best joints on the album, personally. Yeah, Ooh, no, that's my joint too. My joint too. Yeah, man. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw these last two in there. Obviously, I went future, man. That future going crazy. That riding strikers. Uh, my next song, one of my one of my favorite artists recently, man. I've been I've been riding to this dude for the past couple months, all the way through this pandemic, even before it. That's my guy, Money Man, and Money Man got a, a couple fire tapes out right now. You can go check one out, Pandemic or is it no Epidemic? It's fire. But uh, one song I'm rocking to is Fall Today, man. Get my mind right for sure. And my last song, it's my guy Rex Life Raj, man, out of Berkeley, California. He got a song called Not in My League. Yeah, that's 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 some mind music right there for you. That's some mind music right there for you. Check it out for sure. Check it out. Hey, oh yeah, guys, we're gonna have the gas uh the gas uh playlist up on Spotify. So be looking for that, man. We we coming strong, we coming strong. We're gonna give y'all something to work out to, something to vibe to. Even if you want to get your spiritual on, we got some Erica Badu on there. <laughs> hey, we got, Definitely. We got our language for you. We drop that on Twitter for y'all. Yeah, no doubt. You're probably the most toxic person in the world. You got, detox. <laughs> you got detox from that, man. That's why I balance it out, man. That's a fact. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, hey, we definitely appreciate any and everybody tuning in for listening to another episode of Gas Presents Sports for the Culture. Hey, remember, every single Tuesday, 10.30 p.m., y'all can catch us. You're not following us. Make that happen. It's at Good Ass Sports. We easy to find. We on every single platform imaginable at this point. So uh, definitely rock with us, man. 10:30 p.m. Sports for the culture every week, and like like every week, guys. Sports for the culture. Sports for the culture. For the culture. Sports for la cultura.